You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FN with my good self Sharon Noonan. Tonight I have an array of guests to chat with that I hope you will enjoy. As we're still in January and you might be like myself in desperate need of some detoxing and to shed a few pounds, lots of the topics will reflect this challenging time of year. To get in touch all you need to do is send me an email s.noonan at live.ie or drop me a tweet at queenoforg which is short for Queen of Organisation. Coming up on the show tonight, Dominique Kemp will be discussing the benefits of juicing. Ken Mayor Foodie, Karen Coakley, will be sharing her diet tips if you've given up smoking and no doubt Karen will also have some recipe ideas for us to keep us going this month. I'll be replaying an interview I did with Body Fit's Therese Sheehy from last January, which will offer some inspiration if you have a few post-Christmas pounds to shed. And I find out all about the Out to Lunch Arts Festival that runs in Belfast until the 25th of January. But first, let's welcome Sinead Neeland from County Limerick's Organic College back to her regular slot on the second Tuesday of the month. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Happy New Year to you, Sinead. Happy New Year, Sharon. This is your first slot back since Christmas and the New Year. So I'd say a lot of people get a bit gung-ho and want to get out into the garden at this time of the year to do some planting. Yeah, well, I suppose it, the stretch is in the evening and that's the whole idea that we're, you know, back into getting into spring and people get excited. But it's a little bit early to do anything really outside. You do need to hold back, but it's a great month for planning and getting your seeds and that sort of thing and like all the seed catalogues are out now there's a lot of the garden centers will be getting seeds in shortly and it's the time to you know take out the seed catalogue sitting by the fire and start thinking about what you'd like to be eating in the summer really um, and it's kind of planning you know working out what you'd like to grow where you're going to grow it and what you'll have to do and you know kind of taking this month for all of that so that in February then you can kind of start to hopefully get out weather dependent of course. Whenever you say seeds I think a lot of people think that there's a lot of faffing about with seeds in terms of planting them up inside and something and putting them into the hot press and then transferring them outside is that always the case or is there is there lots of things there that you can just put the seed into the ground and a few months later there you are hey pesto there are some things you can direct seed and you know there's crops like carrots that you'd have to direct seed they don't really take transplanting um, and then larger seeds like peas and beans can go directly into the ground but you'd want to be into kind of April nearly you know with the soil temperatures up because direct seeding outside if, if the ground is cold and wet is just not going to work you know so and I suppose that's why when people get excited you can't go outside you can start bringing seeds on inside so it's given you that little bit of kind of on getting in the garden even though you're not actually getting outside now the I know a lot of people think that kind of seed sown is a bit difficult and they shy away from it and I suppose it is a lot easier to actually buy transplants, you know, there's less uh, work involved but it's, I suppose people shouldn't be afraid of seeds, they're not that complicated. Um, the big thing with most seeds is temperature. So when you're mentioning the hot press, one of the things is the hot press is handy because it's warm and you do need warmth for them. Um, like in the college now, we'll be putting a lot of seeds on this month. This is the start of our seed sowing, you know, kind of fest, if you like. But um, a lot of the stuff we're putting the seeds on for this month will be planted into the tunnel because it'll be too early yet for, you know, like it will be really April before we'll be planting anything much outside. So mo- everything that we bring on now is for growing in the tunnel um, and we use heated propagators heated cables and a lot of, I mean I know some people would have small ones at home you know you just have a small like seed tray size propagator that's heated that you plug in and it just helps to bring on the seeds but the hot press is a good idea because it gives you the heat you put the tray in and as soon as the seed starts to pop out of the soil you bring it back out into the light and that's all it needs um, and I suppose the other thing is that people think that 
seeds need temperature, but they don't. They need the temperature to germinate. They don't need huge temperature once they have germinated. So if you have something in the hot press, you could bring it out and keep it on a windowsill or just you know somewhere with light in a warm room. It doesn't have to be you know really like a hot house to bring the seedling on once it has actually germinated. You talked about a propagator there. Just describe what a propagator is. It's just a heated. A lot of the ones you'd buy, you'd get them in garden centres. They're small, like a seed tray size with a lid, and it plugs in so that it heats up. The base of it heats up, and very often it would have a thermostat that you can kind of regulate it, bring it warmer or cooler, depending on what seeds you're putting on. Um, certain seeds, you know, like tomatoes, require quite a high temperature to germinate, whereas lettuce or cabbage at that would require a, lo- a lot lower temperature. So, um, like we use heated cables, which are, you know, just cables that are buried in a big tray of sand, and all the trays sit on top of that. And again, that has a thermostat. But you can get, you know, just quite small, handy ones for home. But I mean, you could make your own. You know, you could have a, um, a tray and covered with plastic. You could have, um, you know, something like a polystyrene box. You know, like a fish box, that, that kind of polystyrene, that kind of generates a little bit of heat and you could use something like that just to bring on the heat and have a cover on it. But if you're starting seeds early, and like January would be quite early, then you do need extra heat because the actual temperatures we have at the moment probably wouldn't germinate most seeds for you. And the tunnel, whenever you're using the tunnel then, what way does it act in terms of temperatures? Well, um, the tunnel is very useful over winter. Like at the moment in the college, we have a lot of salad crops in the tunnel. And while we were away over Christmas, they've really come on, you know, because you get the temperatures in there that you don't get outside. And even a day like today, it was kind of a bit chilly outside, but it was sunny. And of course, the, the tunnel maximizes the heat from the sun and really brings things on. So it's bringing things on. It's There's not... It, things aren't like tearing a hedge you're not getting major growth because again the temperatures still are low but I mean today now at around midday when we had quite a bit of sun it was about 15 degrees in the tunnel and that's that's good that brings you know we'll bring on some crops but we wouldn't be direct seeding into the tunnel now it still wouldn't really be warm enough for that um, we would be sowing seeds in the propagator that will be planted out into the tunnel in February March time you know so it's still quite early for a lot of things the tunnel acts the same way that a greenhouse would. Yeah, it does. It gives you that protection. We don't see as many greenhouses around the place now as we used to, do we? No, and I think I, I would say cost is an issue because uh, you know glass houses are quite expensive, whereas a tunnel is a, is a I suppose is a cheaper option as such. And also, um, I suppose glass houses can get damaged more easily. The tunnel is, tends to be a little bit more sturdy, you know. So um, I suppose that's really what people go for. And I think as well with the kind of a glass house greenhouse idea, people used it for propagating and keeping potted plants whereas with the tunnel people actually grow crops in the ground you know so there is that slight difference I think in how they're used as well. You also mentioned there about the salads that you've lots of salads growing at the moment and of course this time of the year a lot of people would be thinking about salads so it's still a bit chilly for them but if they've had a good Christmas like most of us have they might want to be cutting down in the carbs. So what sort of salads do you have in the tunnel at the moment? A, a, a couple of different lettuce, uh, rocket, mizuna, um, there's winter purslane, there's mustards, all those kind of salad leaf mix. Basically the salad leaf mix that we have in the summer still grows away in the tunnel over the winter. You know, there are winter salads. You can get certain types of winter lettuce, but in reality, most of the summer ones will grow away in the winter in the tunnel. And you sell those then in drum her Yeah, we the sell market. them salad mix bags. Yeah. So you 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 pick them yourselves and put them into the bags. And yeah. Mix them up. Yeah. Yeah. And is it just at the? the market that you sell them then and through the college or do you do any of that on a commercial basis we, to larger um, Well, um, in Newcastle West Sunnis, the health food shop, they stock our, our salads and spinach and a few other things like that they take as well. So they're usually available there every week right through the year. And in terms of tomatoes then? Gone until next summer. Okay. Long gone. Okay. Well, we had them October, almost into November. We still had tomatoes this year. But um, once you get any kind of frost or cold plants, they just go to kind of mush, really. And then that's the end of them for 
another year. And I think you need a bit of heat and the sun just to give them the nice flavour. You do, because on some of the summers that weren't very nice, you didn't get the sweetness in the tomatoes that you get when you have really good sunshine, you know, and this year was a great year for tomatoes. But some of the, some of the summers, they, they turn red and whatever, but you don't get that kind of sweetness that you get when you have a really good weather. I think it helps as well if you don't store them in the fridge when you bring them home and even if you have them in the windowsill or in a sunny spot that can enhance the flavour and make sure whatever flavour is in them is 100%. Uh, yeah, I, I think sometimes the, the, the it's keeping them in the fridge kind of does damage the flavour a bit that they're, they're not, they don't really need to be refrigerated as such and that keeping them out, I suppose in a bowl like your other fruit, uh, probably helps to keep them tasting better. And cucumbers would be the other, you know, you'd have your lettuce, your tomato, your cucumber. What way do cucumbers grow? When would Summer crop, again, in Ireland. On, you know, if you see cucumbers in the supermarket now, they will be imported, Spain or Israel. They're not grown in Ireland in the winter. Again, they're a summer crop. They need heat, they need sun. And there's very few places that would have light and heat in a tunnel, you know, to grow crops. I suppose economically it wouldn't pay you to try to produce something because you'd have to have quite a lot of heat and light. And is it something that needs a lot of room to grow? A cucumber? Yeah. Not particularly. It grows up, it actually grows the same way as a tomato. You'd grow it up a cane or, or a string. Um, it gets quite a big, you know, a plant will get big but not huge amount of space. Down about the same as a tomato, um, but very prolific in what it produces. So one cucumber plant will produce a lot of cucumbers. So again, I suppose that's something when people start getting excited. You know, don't put on 20 seeds for cucumbers for 20 plants because you will never be able to deal with the amount of fruit that you're going to get. You know, one cucumber plant will keep any average cucumber eater in cucumbers for the whole summer. That's where growing clubs can be very handy, isn't it? When groups of people get together and, and share their seeds. It is, yeah. And also, sometimes, you know, if there's something that you like to grow a lot of, you know, like, say, salad, that you might sow a few times through the year, you'd buy a packet of seeds for that. That would keep you going. But something like a cucumber, it might be just as well to buy one plant, and that will be enough for you. And even, you know, with tomatoes, if you're not growing a lot, maybe buy one or two plants, to, you know, a few different varieties rather than having to buy two or three packets of seeds. And I suppose the other thing with seeds is if you buy a packet of seeds and it has, you know, a hundred seeds in it, you don't have to sow the hundred seeds in one go. And like, especially with tomatoes, they, they, the seed will be fine again next year. If you store it, you'll grow it again next year and again, possibly even the year after. They don't, they don't, the seeds stay viable for quite a while. But I think sometimes that's what happens. People get excited. They throw all the seeds into the tray. They've got a hundred plants and they don't know what they're going to do with them. So think about it, plan it. And the things that you know that you'll have quite a few of, sow the seeds of. The things that you're only going to want, one or two plants, maybe wait and actually buy the plants. And then you'll have, you know, less trouble for yourself. And definitely to stagger then, uh, you know, whenever you plant things out, that you're not harvesting everything in large quantities at one time. Exactly. Especially items that aren't going to store well. And keep yeah, that's, that's very important. And you're things like cabbage people will put on you know 40 seeds of cabbage and that means you have 40 plants you know cabbage plants and you're going to end up with 40 heads of cabbage that are already at the same time so again if it's something that you like to eat a lot of do you know sow it as we say successionally sow it sow some now and sow another few you know in a few weeks time and a few more so that you keep the, the, pro the crop coming and you extend the season of the crop as well whereas something like tomatoes you can sow them all together they'll all be planted together and then you'll harvest them right the way through the summer but just you know again even heads of lettuce you know how many will you eat at a time you know over the course of two or three weeks and then so maybe so two you know a, a dozen this week and then in two weeks time another dozen and then that again will keep you going right the way through the season okay well listen that's all great advice Sinead your website is organiccollege.com if people want to go on there and find out about upcoming courses and, and the market and all of that so yeah. in the meantime thanks very much for coming in and we'll talk to you again soon okay thank you Sharon cheers chin chin salut schleinte Thanks to Sinead from the Organic College for coming into the studio. And if you have a planting or growing question for Sinead for her February slot, you can email it to me, s.noonan at live.ie, and I'll put it to her on her next visit. Still to come tonight, 
If you've given up smoking and you're concerned about replacing the habit with food, Ken Mayer foodie Karen Coakley will have some advice and tips for you. I'll be talking to one of the organisers of the Out to Lunch Arts Festival that's currently on in Belfast. Next, though, I'm delighted to go over to the phone to chat to Dominie Kemp. Dominie has a weekly food column in the Irish Times magazine and has been hailed by the Sunday Times as easily the best food writer in Ireland. She's written a number of cookbooks to date and talked to me about her latest one, which is called Dinner Just Before Christmas. However, tonight she's on the phone to talk about juicing. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Dominie, you're very welcome to the programme this evening. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me back. And we're going to talk about juicing. Mm, I know. it's it's uh, Juicing and January seem to go hand in hand, really. And I think it's all part of everyone's New Year's resolutions to sort of uh, shed all those unwanted Christmas pounds. And, and really, everyone's looking for a fast and furious way to do it. But, um, you know, ideally, we'd all be doing something better over 12-month period. <laughs> so we're not going through these sort of binge phases which we're, we're all guilty of at some time. Well tell me why you think juicing has become so popular. Well I think it's, it's, it's like a lot of these things you know it's, it's, it has its detractors without a doubt but um, I think people feel that you know and certainly uh, if you do juice you do feel the benefits of uh, getting what feels like really concentrated surge of, of uh, you know goodness Um now, people might argue that, you know, you're not getting the fiber, and, and, and I do appreciate that, but I think there's a lot of benefits to juicing. Um, would I juice every day my whole life? No, absolutely not. But um, I think juice, you know, has moved on from what we'd imagine, you know, juice made from pasteurized concentrates, you know, that are full of sugar and don't do much for us nutritionally. I think when people think of juicing now, they think of predominantly juicing vegetables, you know, and I think that's the strength of it. I think if you're juicing loads of fruits, it's probably not doing a huge um, amount of good um, in the same way juicing predominantly vegetables will. So you mentioned there about fibre, about not getting the fibre. Explain what you mean by that. Well, if you have, say, um, if you ate an an apple, um, nutritionists will say the fibre from that and and everything will slow down sort of the sugar. It's you're getting a lot more of the benefits of eating a whole apple than if you just pressed um, an apple and just drank apple juice. Um, yes, obviously, there's goodness in that apple juice, but there is quite a lot of sugar in um, in something like just a you know straight-up apple juice. Now, if you're juicing things like beetroot and carrot and, and not using too much apple, um, but maybe you're eating an apple instead, <laughs> all of these things um, are going to contribute to a sort of better approach to, to juicing. Because it's... It's pointless us all thinking, oh, well, we just juice pineapples and oranges and grapes and apples and everything all day. That, that's an awful lot of sugar. So you have to be conscious. Would you actually eat that much fruit in a day? You probably wouldn't. So it's just all about balance and moderation, to be honest. So what would the ideal combination be in, in your view? Well, some of the ones that we've come up with, um, certainly for our, our um, juice and whole foods um, cafe called Alchemy, and we've worked with a New York juice consultant and raw um, food chef over there, um, as well as some nutritionists here in Ireland. And really what we were looking for was to try and um, predominantly juice vegetables, but also to look to introduce some herbs and spices. So, for instance, one of our juices is called Anti-Everything, and um, it has a lot of ginger, carrot, but also turmeric, and it has a little bit of flaxseed oil and black pepper. And the reason it has that in it is that the turmeric is one of the most anti-inflammatory um, foods there are, and it's it's fantastic, and it's been well recognised as being very beneficial to us. And inflammation is, is you always hear about different wanting to reduce inflammation um, in the bodies, and uh, it needs though the flaxseed oil or some sort of fat um, in order to um, help your body process it, and the black pepper. So we've come up with this juice, and it's it's really warming it's delicious in winter time and um yeah you, you feel feel great and touch wood i haven't had any colds or flu this year so i'm hopeful uh, um, uh, that it's it's down to uh, lots of wheatgrass shots as well and of, of course some healthy juices well whenever anybody thinks about juicing i think they think the drink is actually quite sweet but that doesn't sound particularly sweet that combination no i think i think people recognize that you know juicing should be again 
mainly vegetables if you need to if you find it hard to um juice things like spinach and cucumber and celery and maybe a little bit of avocado you know blended into it or something um um, maybe a bit of ginger and lime juice. You know, people might find that quite hard. They find, you know, juicing things like kale very difficult, things like beetroot. So sometimes we'd say to people, you know, start off easy, like put some apple in there or something to make it palatable because it is hard when you try to juice um, predominantly kind of green juice, vegetable juices. Um, but introduce it slowly and then wean yourself off the apples and said, you know, try and eat an apple a day instead. And the green ones are the ones to go for. Yeah, we have we have one that we call our mean greens, and it is, is kale and spinach and celery and cucumber. Um, there's ginger and uh, lemon juice in that. There is a tiny amount of of apple in there, but it it gives it a little balance. But um, it, it's minimal to be honest. Um, and really, we've a different green one that people start off on, which has a little bit more apple in it. And once they can tolerate that, they can go onto the the mean greens, as it were. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's fantastic, if, especially if you have not been eating your five a day. You know, you, you have this, and you really, um, you know, you feel well. At least I'm I'm doing something. Your business then, Alchemy Juices, which is all about juicing. What was the inspiration behind opening that up? Well, I think that um, you know, in 2013, I had breast cancer, and I was certainly a lot more interested in, in what I was eating and drinking during that period um, because I really wanted to try and stay as healthy as I could and, and also wanted to remain infection free. I didn't want to pick up any of the viruses or anything. I, I really um, I was quite militant about it. I was just in such a hurry to get my treatment over with. I didn't want anything to interrupt it. So I was looking at things that would help boost my immune system or just support good health really. Um, and I really, I've always emphasised this, that I, I never for one second think that any of these things, you know, cured the cancer. But what I do think is they kept me in pretty good shape. And then because of that, I was able to maybe tolerate treatment without interruptions and got through it maybe better than, than I would have if I hadn't been eating well. And I think that's that's the point. Um, and really, it was during this time, I was really became a lot more interested in actually what I could do to help myself feel better. And I definitely found, uh, certainly with the wheatgrass shots, they're not the most pleasant, but they, um, yeah, they definitely, you feel a lot better on them. And um, as I said, uh, you know, I've been in pretty good nick since. And uh, I like to, to think it's a combination of things, but certainly eating well must help. Do you find it's something that you implement at home that it's easy to implement with your family? Yeah, I mean... I, Look, the you know the the five year old is not going to drink a mean green juice. You know, um, she loves apple juice. But what I would do and what I'd always recommend for parents is to water it right down. You know, it's it's trying to get them not into the habit of really wanting those very sweet things. Um, you know, and I think it, it's if you can ban certain things at home. You know, it, it, I'm I'm all for enjoying life and believe me I'm not not perfect all the time at all by a long shot um, but I think it's you know what we try and do is eat very wholesome plain food and, and try and cook as much as possible um, and that's terribly important um, you know the difficulty is and it's it's a convenience issue for us because we're all time short the problem is that if you you know you ping your dinner in the microwave and you have a full um, fully blown dinner after a few minutes in, in the microwave, that means you're not cooking at home and it's very hard to control what goes into that dinner. You're not in control of the, the salt and the sugar and all these things that go into processed food. So my you know, main concern and through my Irish Times column as well is it's really trying to encourage people to, to try and cook more at home. And it doesn't have to be fancy. It's, you know, there, it's, uh, it can be very, very plain, but it's just to get us back to the stove you know cooking does take time there are quick dishes but it's one of those things you've got to invest in it I, I do believe and is it worth investing in a juicer to have at home yeah I think there are a lot of good juicers um, now available and um, certainly January is probably a great time to um, buy something like this um, probably for a family you might look at a smoothie um, maker instead it might be something that everyone can enjoy a bit more. Um, so certainly with the smoothies, and then you do get the benefit of um, some fibre as well. Um, and kids certainly 
love it. Um, we've we've made some lovely um, ones where you know some apple and um, loads of crushed ice and and again lemon and a little bit of ginger um, and you know maybe a handful of, of strawberries in the summer or something like that and kids love that and you know it gets them certainly interested in the idea of eating more fruit and, and um, vegetables as you as you wean them onto um, different things but I think smoothie makers can um, they can be fun and you could probably get a bit more value out of them the juicing might be something that's uh, Unfortunately, we're all guilty of buying these things and then they get put in the cupboard and <laughs> not brought out. So start off smally, small and um, I'd, I'd go for a, a smoothie maker first and, and, and then see how you get on. And I think with the kids then, they actually quite like throwing their bits and pieces into the the dish that is going to be mushed up for absolutely, them. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. They're kind of quicker and easier to mm. clean and all that. You know, there's, there's a lot of benefits. And like even today, I made one with beetroot and cucumber and a whole lime and a whole lemon and um, some avocado and it was like cold cu- uh, beetroot soup um, and it was okay like it was it was I, I was fine with it but then I was thinking actually if I put an apple in I bet you kids would, would you know they mm-hmm. might they might tolerate it and um, yeah I mean they weren't crazy on it the beetroot was strong for sure uh, and the ginger was, was strong in it but you know it's a start and, and that's all you want Absolutely Well you have a website there it's alchemyjuices.ie where listeners can go on and find out more about the, the juicing side of, of your empire of many businesses <laughs> that you have and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us this evening Not at all Thank you so much for having me You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM Welcome back to tonight's programme. If you've just joined us, we heard earlier from the Organic College's Sinead Neeland. And just before the break, I was talking about juicing with Dominique Kemp. Never fear if you've missed any of the show because it will be up on the Best Possible Taste podcast later in the week, along with all of the shows from 2014. A very therapeutic listen, I was told recently. And you'll find the podcast there on soundcloud.com forward slash food and drink show. And there's hyphens between the food and drink show words. Next, we're staying with phones and getting in touch with Kenmare foodie Karen Coakley. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Karen, thanks for talking to me this evening. And we are going to talk about you and giving up smoking Yes, kind of New Year, New You, as everybody says, at the start of January. But um, I quit smoking in February. I started in February. My husband started on the uh, New Year's Eve three years ago. And uh, we played a game because we both smoked of where I said nothing to him and he said nothing to me because I knew if I acknowledged the fact that he'd stopped smoking, I would come under pressure. So I think after about, you know, three weeks, I said to him, finally, I said, OK, you've stopped smoking, haven't you? And he said, yeah. And... His dream was always to run the Amsterdam, not the Amsterdam, the Athens Marathon. He's done the Amsterdam since, but his dream was to run the Athens Marathon, which is the original marathon from Athens to, or from Marathon to Athens. And he said to me that as long as I was smoking, he could never run it. So I kind of said, okay, I'll give him three days. And after three days, I can go back smoking. And the kids were at me as well all the time to give up smoking. So I said, after my three days, I can go back and buy me another three years or four years, and here I am three years later still often. And you were a heavy smoker? I was a heavy smoker. I was about 25, 30 a day. Which is a lot of cigarettes. It was a lot of cigarettes. My life basically revolved around cigarettes. You know, you'd kind of load the washing machine and have a cigarette before you'd load the washing machine and have a cigarette after you'd load the washing machine and get up in the middle of the night when the babies, when I was feeding my babies, smoke a cigarette first thing in the morning, last thing at night. And it was just my life revolved around them. They were my best friends. They were everything. Did you find then whenever you stopped that you started to eat more? Or what did you replace the smoking no, with? No, because I was, what, I, what happened to me was, it, it, I think it just all fell into place in that I quit in February and the October beforehand we had gotten a puppy. So we had started to walk the puppy and we took the puppy on a really, it's like a hilly walk here in Khmer that I had never dreamed of doing. It's a 10k circus and, you know, I've seen people do it and I just think, oh my God, they're so fit, they're fantastic. And anyway, we went off one night and we just kept on going and Vincent kept encouraging me and we took the puppy for a walk. And then I progressed from there. I don't know how, I just started to run. We'd go for walks together and 
you know, we'd take a little bit of a jog and we'd walk and a bit of a jog and we'd walk. And I just persevered. I don't know why, because I was never fit. I have a blog post on my um, website which talks about me quitting cigarettes. And I was the most lazy person ever. I got, you know, I dodged PE in secondary school. I was the girl who was left standing on the sideline whenever they were picking teams because I had no interest in sports. But now I run and um, just persevered with the kind of, you know, the running a bit, walking a bit, and then you get to, you know, stretch it out. And before you know it, you can run a mile, and then you can run a mile and a half, and then you can run two miles, and then you can run three miles, and you go on from there, and I now run half marathons and 10Ks and 10 miters, no problem. And have you changed your diet because of it all? We would have always been healthy eaters, um, because I'm very much into what we eat. But um, what I do when I'm training for something, like at the moment now being January, I'm kind of focused on springtime and doing a few half marathons before the summer and a few 10K races. So with this week now, my husband is the same. He's in training. Our team is the same. So what we're doing is this week, we just cut out everything, just going healthy all the way this week for January, February and March to tie in with us training because just you feel so much better in yourself. You have so much energy. You know, you feel less sluggish. Obviously, you lose weight. And after Christmas, we've all overindulged and we've all added a few pounds onto it, you know, which is fine. I mean, people shouldn't feel guilty about that and you should not be made feel guilty about that. That's what Christmas is about. January then is the time at spring. Just get back into trek, get back in or back, you know, into the rhythm of life and pull the weight in. <laughs> I know, yeah. And you have some great recipes to share with us tonight that are healthy dishes. Yeah, well, typically when I'm running... You know, I'll start my morning with porridge because porridge is just, it's a fuel. You'll almost feel it burning away inside in your stomach. It'll keep you full until lunchtime, so you won't pick. Um, it's full of fiber, which is very important, you know, for weight loss and for keeping you full. And then I'm not a big fan of porridge. I have to put my hands up and say as a child I hated it. So what I do is I obviously don't want to be adding sugar into it, so I'll put in some honey. I'm very lucky in that my cousins have a farm in Glengareth and they have bees. So it'll be some of their honey, maybe, if I have that, which I have at the moment. And blueberries and cinnamon. I love cinnamon. And cinnamon regulates your blood sugars. So that means that you don't get that dip. You know, let's say normally you have breakfast, you have a bowl of cereal, a cup of coffee or whatever with sugar. And that raises your blood sugars. But then your blood sugars drop maybe about 10, 10.30 in the morning and you get that kind of crash. And when they drop, you get hungry and you'll feel like picking. So with the cinnamon, a spoon of cinnamon in the morning is one of the best things you can actually have. So into your porridge and away you go. And then for lunch, what would you be looking at? Well, today, what did I have? Today I had a salad plate and I had made homemade quinoa and pomegranate salad, which is beautiful. It's from Stuffed Olive. It's a cafe in Bantry. And I used to, like, whenever I would go to Bantry, I would go there and I would buy loads of this salad and they brought out a cookbook. So I can now make it by myself because it's in the cookbook. So it's basically quinoa, which you simmer. And you simmer quinoa for about 15 or 20 minutes until it pops open and it'll produce a little white sprout out of it. You know, almost like a little tadpole, as somebody said to me once. So, and it's flavoured then with curry spices and coriander and lemon juice and loads of pomegranate. And there's raisins in there as well and pine nuts. It's just absolutely delicious. Quinoa is also a superfood, which is... Superfood. And as well, it is, I'm very slow to use the word superfood because there's always superfoods. But it is, I know it's very good like that for keeping you energised. Another thing which is great, you know, for, let's say, health and for running is chia seeds because the same thing again, they're another superfood, but they keep you hydrated. So they're brilliant, you know, and you can put those into your porridge in the morning. Our soups, homemade soups are fantastic. They're like one of the best things. I kind of make homemade soup an awful lot myself. I've just made a pot of tomato soup for tomorrow for everybody. Um, but another one that's in season at the moment and a big favourite, and it's a filler, is um, if you like a tomato-based soup and if you put in uh, chickpeas and chorizo and kale. Kale is in season now. I think it's on offer in little these days. So chickpeas, as you know, like full of fibre again, very, very filling. That with some homemade brown bread and off you go. And the other dish I noticed on your, um, your, your blog yesterday was a healthy coleslaw. Yes, my husband is just, he's a, a mayonnaise fiend. He just, he loves mayonnaise. So his thing for January now, because he's gone back into training, is to cut the mayonnaise because it's just so laden with calories and it's just fat and it's like basically not good for you. So I was making salads last night for to go with dinner and I came across on the website, it's um, 
calling it an Asian coleslaw, but it was like a chopped up salad and it had the most amazing ginger and sesame dressings. That's on my blog as well. And it's basically, there is, um, there's some oil, there's water, there's soy sauce, there's honey, there's lemongrass, and that's it. You just blend the whole lot together in a, in a hand blender. And it's just, it's beautiful. It'd be lovely as well with noodles and prawn and coriander, like a, a, a noodle salad with prawns or even chicken. So you will be blogging lots over the coming weeks with all these healthy recipes because your husband, yeah. Vincent, is actually, he's going to do a half Ironman, is that it? That's supposed to be a secret. yeah he's hoping to do a half iron man if injury doesn't go against him okay yeah so that'll be me so that's basically i suppose it's, it's handy for me that i can fall in with that training plan and will the diet then have to reflect the training for that because it must be fairly intensive training it will be intensive training for that but um yeah, he's got a program and he's working with his friend who's a fitness instructor and they're kind of they're going to train together and he's done his fitness test now on Friday night and I suppose we've always been fit. He's always ran. He's ran two marathons but I think for this he wants to take it to the next level so, you know, we used to sit down every night and have a bar of chocolate. That's gone. We were last night with our rice cakes, our chocolate covered rice cakes, delighted with ourselves but, you know, it is a mindset and it is easy to do. I mean, like as I said, I was the laziest person ever. So if I can run and if I can quit smoking and if I can, you know, do this, then anybody can. And there will be treats, Sharon. I mean, everybody needs, you know, weekends. That's what weekends are for. But it's, you know, getting fit and getting active doesn't have to be, you know, as extreme as we're doing. It's just, you know, you know to just, I suppose, watch what you eat, you know, eat whole grains you know, um, make the right choices, you know, instead of having a sandwich laden with mayonnaise and everything else, have a salad plate with brown bread or have homemade soup and brown bread. It doesn't take that much effort to make it. You know, get moving. You don't have to run 10 miles. Get out, walk for three miles. Anybody can do it. And it's January, perfect time of year. Well, hopefully now there's some people out there listening that have decided to get themselves into the zone because of your words of wisdom and your inspirational story. And anybody can feel free to contact me, Karen at KinmareFoodies.com or on Twitter at KinmareFoodies and on Facebook, you know, KinmareFoodies. I'm there, so delighted to help people along. And of course, visit your blog, KinmareFoodies.com. Yes. Karen, thanks so much for talking to me this evening and good luck with the training. Thanks, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, Karen Coakley was discussing her experience of stopping smoking, amongst other things. And I'm sure the giving up smoking at this time of the year is something that will definitely resonate with a lot of listeners. So good luck with that. Often it's good to get that bit of advice from someone in the know and um, every year after Christmas I find it a bit difficult to stop picking at the the rubbish that remains knocking around the house. And that reminded me of personal trainer Trez Sheehy who came into the studio last January. She had great advice and I, I decided to have a listen again to the interview there in the podcast on SoundCloud and decided that I really should play it again in case there's some of you there that are in need of a helping hand. So here we go. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. If you've enjoyed your food and drink over Christmas, the scales might not be your best friend at the moment. But Therese Sheehy from BodyFit Personal Training is here in the studio to tell you what you need to do to make up with them. Therese, how are you? Hello, Sharon. How are you? I'm sitting here like 10 ton, Tessie, Therese. No, I'm only joking. I listened to everything that you said to us Good. before Christmas. It was all very helpful. But I'm sure there's a few listeners out there that want to try and get back into shape. What do they need to be doing? Well, um, this time of year, Sharon, where everybody gets back into exercise or starts their exercise program, um, the first thing I would say is to set your short and long term goals. 
um, it's very important to set both goals because you you know you have a long-term goal like a wedding or a holidays but it's very important to have weekly goals so that you achieve the goals and you reward yourself not with food but with other things so it keeps you motivated to reach that target of maybe a stone or two stone or even seven pounds depending on what you have to lose so that's very important first of all to do um, the next thing is to get out and you know decide what type of exercise you want to do you don't necessarily have to be in a gym um, you can start a walking program um, a light jogging program you can do classes um, or you can take part in gym activities um, the important thing is to remember when you're exercising is you know a number of um, factors like the frequency how often should I be exercising a lot of people fall into the trap of saying I'm going to exercise every day for the month of January which in fact is the wrong thing to do because you need to give the body a chance to recover and plus there's a possibility that you will fall out of your programs. So for a beginner, they should be exercising three to four times per week and for somebody that's been exercising regularly, five times a week. But even then, for somebody that's exercising a lot, two days rest is very important as well. Okay, The intensity of the program is very important. So you need to start at a low level, but it's very important that you increase the intensity as you move through the program. Um, and this is very important for the body to progress. If you stay at the same level for the next four to five weeks, you lose the benefits of it. So every week you should be updating your program and it might be only updating it by two or three minutes, but it's a form of progression and that's very important. Um, the length of time for a beginner should be 30 to 35 minutes, for intermediate 35 to 40 minutes and for advanced 45 up to 50 minutes. Um, also bringing in intervals of you know jogging uh, in between that as you progress through your program. Okay and the type of program is very important because it's you know you, you work with what you want to achieve. If you want to run a 10k you need to adapt your program to that or if you want to lose weight, um, tone up and so on you adapt your program. Um, bringing in things like weights, which a lot of people shy away from, is very important because that increases your metabolism and you end up burning calories for longer, believe it or not, than doing your aerobic workout. So a mixture of two is very important to achieve the overall benefit. Now, whenever you were in before Christmas, we talked about metabolism and about foods that are good for speeding up metabolism and foods that are damaging to the metabolism actually slow it down let's just remind the listeners what those foods are yeah the foods that we should be eating would be you know your chickens your fish your vegetables your salads um eating regularly throughout the day um you know getting up in the morning having breakfast a lot of people skip breakfast and and this kickstarts metabolism so if you're not having breakfast you're not really starting the metabolism till you eat something and if that's 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock then you're wasted have wasted maybe two or three hours of burning calories so again eat regularly you know eat every two to three um, hours so the metabolism is stabilized and the foods that are, are good for metabolism are you know your chicken your fish and your vegetables your salads your porridge in the morning your eggs at night you know and again drinking plenty of water throughout the day is very important for the metabolism the foods we should stay away from would be your high sugar foods which are your cakes your biscuits, your sweets, um, all of that type of food that just slow down your metabolism. Um, and other factors that affect the metabolism will be not getting enough sleep, you know, staying up late at night, getting up early in the morning, um, you know, and as I said before, not drinking enough water is very important. So it's important to drink two litres of water at least a day. Like some people would really struggle to do that. Have you any advice? And drinking water? Yes, and how to... Well, you know, you can water it down with, um, you know, a form of my wadi or something like that. But it's really, Sharon, it's a lifestyle. You have to get into it. You know, you have to have it with you in the car, a bottle, you know, alongside your desk, you know, in, you know near the kitchen sink. So at bedtime, have it on your locker. So it's, you're reminded throughout the day. What happens to a lot of people is not the fact they don't like drinking water, but they forget so it's very important that you do that and you, you know, you have it and you remind yourself. But there's no easy way. You, you really do have to consume that. I know some people that they would take the two litre bottle and fill it up mm -hmm. at first thing in the morning and then try to tip away at it all day. And they say it is amazing how quickly it, it disappears. It, it really is. You know, you're talking about like six to eight glasses of water. 
but you know as I say have some you know my wadi in it you know if you don't feel if you don't like drinking water on its own or even warm water especially in the cold weather you know heat it up a bit um, but there's ways of bringing it in what happens a lot of people is they think by drinking tea and coffee that that's their fluid intake and that's the worst thing you can do because both of those after two cups per day start to slow down your metabolism so again just watch the consumption of, of coffee and tea and that's because of the caffeine in them yeah so what about green tea that's quite popular now, is it? Your herbal teas are, are quite good for burning, um, you know, for good for metabolism. Um, but be careful, you know, you, you still can't have 10, 11 cups, which some people do have. Um, you still have to maximise that by just drinking four cups of herbal tea. And the fizzy drinks are a killer as well. They're very bad for us because, you know, even the low calorie fizzy drinks that we hear of, you know, no calories, they're very high in sugar. And again, they've affected metabolism. So just be careful of that, of the dose drinks. The other problem I'd say that a lot of families have in January is there's still a lot of stuff hanging around from Christmas, mm. tins of sweets, mm-hmm. boxes of shortbread biscuits. Mm. Well, yes, that is the problem. But <laughs> you have to re-gift them. You have to re-gift them as right. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, sit here, Sharon, and say, finish the boxes and then start your training program. No, you have to get rid of them out of the house. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, because if they're there, they're just going calling to, your name. You really are, Sharon. You're going to pick at them and, you know, and there's no point saying, like if they're in the press, you'll say, okay, I'll finish these and then I'll start. You really want to get started on all of this because, you know, our 1st of January, 2nd of January, because the longer you delay, the harder it is to get back into it. Well, if people want to really get into the swing of things and make contact with you to avail of your personal training services, which I personally can highly recommend, what should they do? Um, we're based there in um, the square, Bodyfish, the square in Newcastle West. Um, my number is 085-1853632. That's great, Therese. Thanks a million for Thanks, coming Sharon. in. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleunter. Some good advice there from Therese Sheehy from her January 2014 interview, which I thought would be worthwhile replaying. I still don't think I could resist that box of milk tray that's supposedly hidden by my husband on top of the fridge. I know it's there. But anyways, maybe a cookery course with a healthy theme is what you need to get motivated with a healthy diet. How about a three-night healthy cooking course with Yvonne Cardi, aka Hey Pesto in Tullamore, County Offaly? Check out Yvonne's website heypesto.ie for details. In County Kerry at Mark Doe's Cookery School, Just Cooking, this week you can learn all about one pot wonders or there's a mad about fish course visit justcooking.ie for info in limerick city hook and ladder have a range of courses coming up including a paleo and clean eaters cookery class hosted by gasta good and healthy that's tomorrow night and it costs 60 euros and this sunday there's a course to learn how to serve the perfect brunch everything you need to know can be found on hookandladder.ie up in the north an interesting festival started on the 2nd of january it's called the out to Lunch Arts Festival and I'm joined on the line now by their press officer Joe to find out more about it. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Joe, explain what the Out to Lunch Arts Festival in Belfast is. Out to Lunch Arts Festival is a boutique bespoke festival for the long dark month of January and uh, we put something on in the lunchtimes and the evenings throughout the month of January. And we offer a little bit of food as well at a really reduced price. People can come and see comedy, spoken word, live music, theatre and all manner of kind of events uh, at uh, competitive, at a very reduced rate. And it's something to kind of beat the winter blues, really. And it's pretty, so this is our 10th year and it's a hugely successful festival for us. 10 years is a long time to be going. What would you attribute the success of the festival to? Um, I think it's possibly the timing. I mean, we kind of, um, the director, Sean Kelly, who conceived of this, of this brainchild, was somewhere, I think it was Glasgow, where he saw something called a play in a pint. And he kind of transposed the idea to Belfast. And There's literally nothing on in Belfast, if not the rest of the North, if not the rest of Ireland, in January. And what a great time to put on a uh, performance and uh, a bowl of food, even, and uh, put it at a particularly reduced price and get some great action and bring audiences out at, this is possibly the longest and biggest month of the year. 
Are they all lunchtime events or do you have some evening time events as we well? We do have evening events as well and sometimes they double up. But uh, we put on a lunchtime event and an, and an evening event and there's 52 events in total throughout the month. So, I mean, the, the Out to Lunch Festival is the uh, sibling festival of our main festival, the Cathedral Quarter Arts Festival, which takes place in May in the Cathedral Quarter. But this is like a, a reduced pocket size um, economy version of that. But it's no less good for that. For you, what are your personal highlights in the programme? Oh my goodness, too many to mention. It's like trying to pick your favourite children. But uh, a few that have just gone, Nine Below Zero, a very classic mod band from the early 80s, were playing um, just uh, this weekend past. To come, we have uh, everybody's favourite restaurant critic, Jay Jay Rayner. Mercury Music Prize winners, Young Fathers are coming. Novelist Patrick McCabe will be along with songwriter Colin Sands to tell a few tales. John Shuttleworth, uh, everyone's favourite northern comedian, will also be down. Owen Jones, the polemicist and political columnist, is coming. And poet Simon Armitage is a particular favourite of mine, and he'll be uh, reading here in the coming week. And what sort of ticket prices are you talking about? Everywhere from six to ten pounds, really. We're trying to keep it low. Um, and in the current e- e- economic um, situation here, it's, we think it's important to offer people accessible and affordable arts. Um, and that's part of the ethos of the festival. And it's, we're delighted to see that people respond to it in a really positive way. Because it's a mix of art, music, comedy, film, theatre yeah. and, and lots of other things, there's a great mix of events there. So there's something really to suit everybody, I would imagine. Absolutely. As a cliche goes, Sharon, there literally is something for everybody. It's a very eclectic and uh, a very affordable uh, mix of acts. You, you can get to see some legends, some up-and-coming stars and just... Uh, a lot of really entertaining events over the month of January, which is a great kind of balm for what is quite a, a dark and long month. Well, Joe, thanks so much for talking to us about it. The venue is the Black Box on Hill Street in Belfast and the website, as you said there, it's cqaf.com for all the details. And thanks so much for talking to us. My pleasure, Sharon. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. That was Joe Nawaz talking about the Out to Lunch Festival, the Out to Lunch Arts Festival that's taking place in Belfast at the moment. And another website to visit if you want to start planning your food weekends for 2015 is the discoverireland.ie forward slash food website. Details of all the markets and festivals are there. If you have an event coming up, it might be a cookery demo, a product launch or even a fundraiser. Be sure to send me details to s.noonan at live.ie and I'll be only too delighted to give them a shout out here on the diary on Best Possible Taste. So that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Thanks so much for your company and to all of tonight's guests. Sinead Neeland, Dominique Kemp, Karen Coakley, Therese Sheehy and Joe Nawaz. I hope I'm saying that right, Joe. Remember the podcast at soundcloud.com forward slash food and drink show. If you missed any of tonight's show or maybe an older one or if you want to even tell a pal. Next week, Ron Forrestal returns with his wine slot. So that'll be the end of the detox. And if you're thinking of starting a blog or you've one that you need to work on, Evan Mangan from the Marketing Crowd will have some help and advice. So until then, thanks again for tuning in. And as always, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!